This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Heidi Murkoff, and I'm a mom on a mission, a mission to help you know what to expect every step of the way. To say that vaccines are a hot-button topic is an understatement. In a time when vaccine misinformation on social media spreads faster than a virus in a pandemic, it's understandably harder for parents to sort science fact from science fiction, or not to feel shamed or blamed by others in the online community as they do their information gathering. Today, we're giving you the facts about vaccines, from how they work to why they're so important in pregnancy and for your baby. No shame, no blame, no judging, no spin. Nothing but the facts. I'm so excited to welcome one of the best people to have this conversation with, Dr. Richard Besser is the former acting director for the CDC under the Obama administration. He's been a chief medical correspondent for ABC News and is currently president of the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. And he's a pediatrician who is passionate about making the world a safer, healthier place to live for all our children. Thank you so much for being here today, Dr. Besser. One of the many things you said that spoke to me was about the role of the pediatrician as translator, taking complicated medical topics and turning them into plain language that parents can relate to. Do you want to tell us a little bit about why that's important? Yeah, uh, 
I did more than 700 interviews last year and um, I've never had that question. That's, that's a, that's a great one, but it's, it really speaks to, um, to kind of my approach to, to health and what I really enjoy. I'm a general pediatrician and normally I see kids a half day a week. And what I really love about the experience is how much I learn from the families that, that I'm with. And I do see my role as a pediatrician as translating complex information, helping people make more informed decisions about their lives. And what I learned in pediatrics was that you need to treat people with respect and that you, as a healthcare provider, have a specialized language of jargon that may be good for talking to other people in healthcare, but it puts up an immediate barrier to, to your patients. And is recognizing as well that when people are frightened, when people are scared, as they are during a pandemic or when their child's sick, their ability to take in complex information goes down dramatically. And so you have to repeat, you have to simplify, still with that, that air of respect, and you have to check back in and say, did that make sense? Did you understand what I was saying there? Yeah, absolutely. Another premise that I always start with is knowledge is power. It's especially powerful when you're pregnant, you have a new baby, you're a new parent, and what you don't know can actually hurt you or hurt your child and also can make you suspicious. So of course, they're going to be worried about a vaccine. How would you calm them down and explain that vaccines, in fact, do not hurt an unborn baby? It's natural to worry about an unborn baby, a life that's developing. And so one of the things scientists look at, is there any concern about this vaccine doing any harm? And if they see any signal of that, then that's it. It's, it's not something that would be given to someone who's pregnant. And so by the time a vaccine is recommended or approved, you can feel comfortable that you are not doing harm to your baby, but you're in fact helping to protect them by protecting yourself and your baby from a potentially dangerous infection. So, you know, it's one thing to say to a parent, vaccines work, but how do they work? Can you give the simple science behind that? Vaccines are pretty miraculous. Before vaccines, I mean, many, if not most families experienced the loss of children because they're infectious diseases that are, are so dangerous and deadly to kids. Vaccines, you know, at kind of the simplest level, they fool your body into thinking that you've been infected with you know, a virus or bacteria, a germ that could cause disease. And they cause your immune system to react like it's seeing that bad virus or that bad bacteria, but it's not. It's not seeing something that's harmful to you. But your body is saying, oh, wow, I'm seeing whooping cough. The immune system kicks into gear to fight it off. And what that does is it means that if you ever see the real thing, so the real whooping cough bacteria or catness or, I mean, rotavirus, there's so many vaccines now that prevent uh, against serious infections. Then when your body sees that, the immune system is ready and it fights it off. Like it's seen it before and it knows what to do. And that is, I think, absolutely incredible. You know, there are all different ways that it's done. You know, there are different approaches. And even now with COVID, right now we have vaccines that are either in trial or on the market that use three different mechanisms, three different approaches to fooling your immune system. So what kind of research goes into making a vaccine these days? 
So the process for making vaccines usually takes many, many years. Um, early research, first to say, how can you fool the immune system into thinking it's being attacked by a, a particular agent? And then, okay, if that's the way you're going to fool the immune system, is that safe? Is that a safe way to do it? And so when there is what's called a candidate vaccine, something that scientists think, yeah, we think this will fool the immune system and we think, well, we know it'll be safe. Then it's tested in a small number of people to look to see early on, well, how much of it do we have to give? That's called a dosing study. And then the next level of studies looks to see, okay, in maybe several hundred people, is it safe? Are we seeing reactions or side effects, you know, sore arms or fevers or anything that, that we need to be concerned about? Um, and then it moves on to bigger trials. And these the, the trials all tend to start in adults. And then it's looked to see, okay, does it protect from the illness that we wanted to protect from? Then how long does the protection last? And those studies can take years to do, often because the infection that you're trying to protect against while out there, isn't common enough that you can do those kind of studies quickly. In order to, to see if it protects from a, a certain infection, that infection has to be out and about. That can take time to do. And then once a vaccine is found to be safe and effective in adults, then they'll look at younger and younger populations. This is what's going on with COVID. Safe in adults now, there's studies being done. Is it safe in teens? And then is it tweens? And then younger than that, younger down. You know, occasionally for diseases that only occur in children, uh, where the, the risk of those diseases is really, really severe, you'll do some initial safety studies in adults, but then you'll go to your trials right away. When I was in training to be a pediatrician, um, there was something called uh, H-flu or Haemophilus influenza, and um, it would cause a very, very serious form of meningitis. And I remember in my training, seeing kids who died from that, children who had brain damage or lost their hearing, had very severe illness. And then I remember, I think it was in the last year of my training, that a vaccine came out. And it was miraculous because all of a sudden we weren't seeing this horrible, horrible disease that was so devastating to children and their families. It was gone. And when you've seen that progression from something that just causes so much devastation to all of a sudden it's gone. It's amazing. And when you work in countries that don't have as robust a vaccine program and you see diseases that have been pretty much wiped out in the United States, it's just an eye-opener to the power of a vaccination to, to really change the prospects for children. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. This Mother's Day, join CARE in honoring the resilience of mothers around the world. In Sierra Leone, facing one of the world's highest maternal mortality rates, one nurse named Zainab has not lost a single mother. Supported by CARE's work, Zainab's clinic has become a beacon of hope in her community. Zainab's spirit extends to CARE's work worldwide, aiming to ensure every mother's safety during childbirth. Learn more at care.org slash Mother's Day. We're in a pandemic like any other public health emergency. This led to a drop in vaccination rates and, by the way, in maternal health care. By November of 2020, uh, routine childhood vaccines had fallen by as much as 26%. And parents were also afraid to bring their kids in for routine appointments. And another reason beyond that, of course, is the vaccine skepticism, which I think has been fueled not only by the internet. I mean, vaccine skepticism has always been around since there were vaccines, but it's kind of reached a fever pitch. And the internet has accelerated the anti-science fiction. And also, you know, maybe the speedy development of the COVID-19 vaccine people are like, well, it should take time and this isn't possible. What are your thoughts about this? And what concerns you most about these dropping vaccination rates? Well, when it comes to COVID vaccine, I think it's important to recognize that most people want to get vaccinated. There are some people who have concerns who don't want to get vaccinated. And I wouldn't lump all those people together. And the reason for that is that, you know, even when it comes to childhood immunizations, where, you know, 95 plus percent of children get get fully vaccinated, there's a hardcore group of people there who are anti-vaccine anti-science who will never, no matter what you say, willingly let their children get vaccinated and won't get vaccines themselves. But there are also some people who say, you know what, I understand that these vaccines are really effective. And I understand that they were reviewed and approved by the Food and Drug Administration. And I understand COVID's bad, but I also understand that they were approved based on two months of safety data. And I kind of like to wait until they've been in some more people. And people's perception of risk will vary. And it's important to respect that and and not say to someone who's a little hesitant today that it's, here's your one chance and and it's done. I think as people know more and more of their friends and family members who've been vaccinated, they're going to want to get vaccinated. And we're seeing that. We're seeing the numbers go up in terms of people wanting, wanting vaccine. And part of that is also, you know, now that it's been given to more than 20 million people, uh, that's different than the trials where it's tens of thousands of people. And the CDC and FDA are doing follow-up to look and see 
Um, are there any side effects that were not picked up in the smaller studies? They've been able to share data on severe allergic reactions to show how really rare they are and how easily managed they are if you get vaccinated in the clinic setting. When it comes to COVID vaccine, I think the numbers are going to continue to go up and up. Um, and I think some of that has to do with how the, the vaccines last year were talked about. The phrase warp speed. Well, it's good for rockets. It's good for, for maybe high-speed trains. But in terms of making people feel comfortable that all of the safety steps were taken, the term's a little challenging. It's absolutely miraculous that we have safe and effective vaccines this quickly, you know, within a year of a new virus being discovered. That is, that's never happened before. And that's absolutely incredible. But you need to recognize that with that kind of speed comes some, some sense of, whoa, was this too fast? And there wasn't, I think, enough attention to the full story that scientists have been working on uh, what are called mRNA vaccines for, for more than a decade. And so it's all of that science that was done over decades that allowed them to create within a year this, this vaccine. So it wasn't as speedy as it seemed. It was really speedy from, from day of discovery to, to development. But the science that led them to be able to do that took place over a long period of time. What, what gives me comfort in this whole process is, you know, I watched the review committee for FDA. Uh, and I listened to their deliberations and I read the materials that FDA posted. And I believe that the vaccines that are have been approved for emergency use are safe and effective. I can't wait until I get called and I can get vaccinated. My parents who are you know, both over 90 have both been vaccinated. But I also recognize that some people want to see a little bit more data. And in particular, Although the majority of Black Americans want to get vaccinated, the rates of hesitancy and concern are higher. And I think a lot of that reflects you know, disrespect from the healthcare system, a historical experimentation on people of color by our healthcare system and the public health system. I think it also can be addressed by ensuring that people are hearing from people they trust. And in different communities, trusted voices will vary. So at, at our foundation, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, we're, we're supporting a lot of outreach work so that uh, people can hear from trusted voices in their communities. I think it's going to be the kind of same kind of efforts that are used for get out the vote will, will be effective here. Hearing from people they know and they trust, you know, that effective grassroots connection is going to, I think, build the desire for more people to get vaccinated. So I do want to ask so many moms on what to expect. Of course, the questions are coming in. Should I get the COVID-19 vaccine when it's offered, if it's offered? And I know that a lot of healthcare professionals who are pregnant have already received it. And in some states, it's being offered in a higher order of priority. But there are, of course, a lot of concerns from pregnant women. Is it safe? Now, of course, the infection itself has been shown not to be particularly safe for pregnant women, right. especially those with comorbidities. If you have gestational diabetes or if you have hypertension, that puts you at greater risk if you're a mom of color. So I know that the medical community has had, you know, WHO came out with certain recommendations, CDC came out with others, and basically the bottom line is always talk to your doctor, which is what I would say. But what would you say? I think you've hit the, the critical points is that 
you're balancing risks here. And that's really important because it's human nature to put more value on the risk from something that you intentionally do. So, you know, we see that with children's vaccinations as well. It's like, I know somebody who, you know, had this incredible allergic reaction to a vaccine that was so severe. Wow. Yeah. You know, that's, that can happen, but it's so incredibly rare. The disease that it's preventing killed thousands of children each year. And, you know, so it's, it's balancing those risks here with COVID. We are learning that, that there is some increased risk for, for pregnant women. What you need to balance, I think, and in talking with your doctor, because this is one of those personal decisions that you have to make, is what is your risk of exposure? So, you know, if you're someone who is working in a setting where you're more likely to be exposed, whether it's in healthcare or, you know, food production or transportation or, or anything where you're out and about uh, and you're pregnant, you have a real risk of being exposed and getting COVID. You know, in that setting, I think that. Personally, if it were my family member, I would say, yeah, I would recommend getting vaccinated. There's studies being done, but there's, theoretically, there's nothing that we would see with this vaccine that would make us think ahead of time that it could pose a, an increased risk to someone who is pregnant. If, on the other hand, you are at home, you are not out at all, and your risk is really, really low, you're, you're not exposed to very many people, then you may say, well, now, you know what? I'm not going to get vaccinated. Of course, I have to ask, will trials be done on pregnant women? Or is this just always like an extrapolation? My understanding is that drug companies are um, doing trials in, in pregnancy. And the reason for that is that, you know, this pandemic is widespread. It's rampant. Uh, and we know that there is increased risk during pregnancy. And so, you know, given you've got a vaccine that has a terrific safety profile, very safe, then you're going to want to do that. You know, it's not clear to me how they're going to do those studies because you don't want to withhold vaccines. It, it may be historical data so that they'll vaccinate and they'll be able to compare people who got vaccinated now to those who, who didn't before. There were some pregnant women who were in the initial trials. That's right. Who became pregnant. Yeah. And it may be that across the number of, of trials, there are enough women who got pregnant during the trial that they'll be able to answer, answer that question that way, too. And again, it's the balance for women who have, who have a particular medical condition that can be life-threatening, the balance between stopping your medication or the, your treatment uh, and potential risk. They're both you know, have you know, benefits and potential risks. But one of the things that we're learning, though, which I think is really interesting, is that just like with other vaccines, the flu shot, moms pass on protective factors to their babies, which is so amazing. I think that's such an incredibly important point. And you are protecting that very vulnerable newborn baby. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. 
You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. This Mother's Day, join CARE in honoring the resilience of mothers around the world. In Sierra Leone, facing one of the world's highest maternal mortality rates, one nurse named Zainab has not lost a single mother. Supported by CARE's work, Zainab's clinic has become a beacon of hope in her community. Zainab's spirit extends to CARE's work worldwide, aiming to ensure every mother's safety during childbirth. Learn more at care.org slash Mother's Day. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I wanted to ask you about the Tdap because I get questions about that all the time. And of course, I give the recommendation that you should get it with every pregnancy. So even if you've had it before, even if you had a booster before and dad's got to get it and grandma's got to get it, everybody's got to get it. The flu vaccine is another vaccine that every pregnant woman should get. And that, again, is not only to protect her baby, but because even more so, as far as we know, then with COVID, influenza is really dangerous, potentially for pregnant women, and they're more at risk for hospitalization. Yeah, no, those are those are all key points. I, I remember when I was at ABC News doing a story on a mom, on a family that lost their newborn to whooping cough, and she hadn't been offered PDAP during pregnancy. And you know, she had other kids. They're not sure, you know, how whooping cough got into the into the home. But to lose a child to something that's preventable, it was devastating. And she's gone on now to become a real advocate around this issue. That's the AP, the acellular. That's right. The pertussis. Pertussis. 
yeah, that can be a really severe infection in really young kids. And we start vaccinating about two months. So in that really early period, there's the only protection that the, the baby has is from their mom. Absolutely. Now, of course, we can't talk to you, your pediatrician, without talking about childhood vaccines. I think we've already established why they're so safe because they've gone through so many years that, of testing and, and there's so much data. And yet these myths persist and these concerns persist, again, understandably, because you want to keep your baby safe. And there are so many vaccines headed your baby's way in that first year and beyond. And it seems, oh, isn't it going to overwhelm their immune system, all of this? It can be really hard to tell the difference out there between what's good science and what's someone's opinion and what is just false, is a hoax. And so you, you see all this information. I mean, I I remember as a new parent, it was a long time ago, our oldest is 26. But I remember with the first shot that he got, feeling really nervous. It's like, oh my, you know, feeling good because we're doing it. But also it's like, well, we're giving a shot. We're doing something. And whenever you're doing something, you always have in this mind, well, wow, you know, I know that this is the right thing to do. I just hope it's that everything goes really well. And that's a natural feeling to, to have. I think it's so important for parents to have trusted sources of information. I think that having a healthcare provider who you trust, who you can ask anything to, can be really, really valuable. And knowing what sources of information online are trusted, are good science, can be really, really valuable. And it can help you avoid some of the noise that's out there because there's so much noise. It can be overwhelming. And when there's that much information coming out at you, a lot of people's reaction will be, I'm just going to wait. Can't take it all in. So I'm just going to wait. And the waiting itself can be a dangerous thing for a little baby. Exactly. And so a lot of parents are like, oh, well, maybe I'll just, you know, have a few here, a few there, but not lump them all together, like delay the schedule a little bit. What do you say to parents who are concerned about so many shots at one appointment or in one year? You know, our immune systems are amazing. They're incredible. We are barraged all day long, all night long by germs that are around us. They're on our skin, they're on our nose, they're they're on our dogs and our cats, and they're everywhere. They're on surfaces. And our immune systems react to those constantly. So getting a dozen more exposures to different things over those those first months is not in any way, shape, or form going to overwhelm your immune system. Part of the testing that's done with vaccines, they're looking to see which vaccines can you give together. Are there any that you can't give together at the same time? And there are. And so doctors don't administer those at the same time. But the goal in pediatrics is to protect children as quickly as possible for things that they may face early in life. And so that's why you do that. And I'm always really nervous about measles. And it's not because we give it so young. It's because we can't give it younger. You know, around the globe, measles is the big killer of, of children, but we don't give it to children until they're one year old because your immune system is developing constantly and it won't react enough to give you the right level of protection 
until about a year. But if we had a measles vaccine that could work, you know, right at birth, I'd, I'd be all for it. Me too. And I just want to share a personal story. My grandson, Lennox, who's about to turn eight, uh, was three weeks old when he was hospitalized with sepsis. It was a, a staph infection that had started at his umbilical site. Super, super rare new parents out there, but it happened. And he was hospitalized. During that time, he was exposed to measles at three weeks. Way too young to be vaccinated. They gave him some immunoglobulin as a precaution, but it was terrifying. And that's that's my cautionary tale. Yeah. If it ha- could happen to my grandson, it could happen to your child. It could happen to someone else's child who you love, right? Yeah. My recommendation is vaccinate your child fully and on time. It doesn't overwhelm the immune system. It means that your child is protected as soon as they possibly can be. And heaven forbid your child were to get something where you delayed. So that's the approach I I take. It's the way to go. There's no science to show that there's benefit to a child of spacing vaccines out beyond what the current recommended schedule is. And all I see with that is a longer period before a child is, is, is fully protected. And, you know, we vaccinate to protect our own children, but also to protect those who, who can't be vaccinated or those who don't get a good immune response. So we talk about vaccines being really terrific. They are, but not everybody who gets the vaccine will be fully protected. Right now, when we're talking about COVID, the two vaccines, the Pfizer and Moderna that are available in the United States are about 95% protective. So that basically says that five out of 100 people who, are va- who get vaccinated will still be at risk. But if everyone around them is fully vaccinated, the chances that they're going to get COVID go way, 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 way down. We have a new hashtag, be heard, as in H-E-R-D, right? Yeah. <laughs> be be yeah. part of the herd that protects your community, all the little ones in your community, all the elderly in your community who are most vulnerable. Yeah, that's right. Thank you so much for joining us today and for helping alleviate the fears and make us feel really, really good about rolling up our sleeves and rolling up, well, our baby's pant legs. <laughs> yes. You know, it's, it's it's a quick cry and then you're done. Exactly. Um, for right. us or yeah. for them? Both. Yeah, both. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Really nice talking with you. My baby love, I need you. Oh, how I need you. Thanks for listening. Remember, I'm always here for you. What to expect is always here for you. We're all in this together. For more on what you heard on today's episode, visit whattoexpect.com slash podcast. You can also check out what to expect when you're expecting, what to expect the first year, and the What to Expect app. And we want to hear from you. Connect with us on our community message board or on our social media. You can find me at Heidi Murkoff and Emma at Emma Bing WTE. And of course, at What to Expect. Baby Love is performed by Riley Beaterer. What to Expect is a production of iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. In my arms, why don't you stay? Need ya, need ya.
Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. Sierra Leone has some of the world's highest maternal mortality rates. One nurse, Zainab, has not lost a single mother. This Mother's Day, join CARE in supporting maternal health around the world. Learn more at care.org slash Mother's Day. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's The Breakfast Club, the world's most dangerous morning show. Hey! Angela Yee is kind of like the big sister that always pokes you in the forehead. That's not how it goes? That's not how anything goes. Yemi's really like a robot. One of the best DJs ever. Believe that. Charlamagne is the wild card. And I'm about to give somebody the credit they deserve for being stupid. I know, that's right. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> Listen to The Breakfast Club weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on 106.7 The Beat. Columbus is real hip-hop and R&B.